Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, August 26th. New book. We like new books. New book uh, (laughs) from Concordia Publishing House um, on murders. Mm -hmm. If you've been listening to Cross Defense for the last multiple months, you've gotten (laughs) a lot of teasers for this book. That's absolutely true because the author (laughs) is none other than the Reverend Brian Wolf Miller, pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Austin, Texas, and pastor of A Martyr's Faith in a Faithless World. Pastor Wolf Miller, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour this morning. Thank you hey, guys man. for having me. Always fun to get to chat with Pastor Wolf Miller at uh, St. <laughs> Paul Lutheran Church and Jesus Deaf Lutheran Church mm-hmm. in Austin as well. How are things going in Texas now? F- fine, fine. Carrie found a picture. It's a cartoon. Uh, it was a picture of God sitting back on a on a kind of a lounge table, and someone said, "Hey, God, what are you cooking?" And God says, "Texas." Why? <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, we've been adjusting to that. I've been getting a tan without even taking my shirt off. It's been uh, just kind of extra roasty down here. I think we had 10 days or something over 100. But it cooled off. It was down to like 98 the other day. In fact, it wow. rained, and I thought, oh, rain. That's nice. It cooled it off. And I went outside, and it was like going into a hot shower. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, oh, it's it's nice and soggy here in St. Louis. It's not hot in St. Louis no. right now. It's just very wet. Very but much. enough about the weather. You wrote a <laughs> uh, a new book, uh, Martyrs, a Martyr's Faith in a Faithless World. Why a book on martyrs, Pastor Wolf Miller? Well, there's a lot. There's a lot that kind of went into that. I was thinking about. I figured he'd ask a question like that. So I, <laughs> oh, I have more more questions on martyrs. <laughs> there, these there's um, but there's like seven or eight things that kind of piled into this book project. One was I. I read a book. I was asked to mentor a confirmand a couple of years back uh, at a at a sister congregation, and they had a book that they were reading, and it was like an adult faith or something. Or, and I read the, and it was just horrible. It was a book for for young Christians, but it was all law, no gospel. It was just it's like a moralistic handbook. It was really terrible. And I thought then, this was five years ago. I can do, I can do better than that. And especially as my own kids were getting older, and and Hannah was getting ready to go off to college. Now she's gone for one week under her, the belt away at oh. college i thought i want to i want to put something in her hands that would that would equip her uh for the assault that comes to to the faith and so i sort of was thinking of like a a handbook for post-confirmation sort of things and and that got me thinking especially about this vow that we make in confirmation would you would you uh renounce everything even would you uh would you give up your own life but rather than give up the faith, and we say, yes, we make the martyr's vow at confirmation time. But mm. how, you know, we haven't had to really worry about that uh, uh, lately, at least in the United States, giving up our lives. But this is what this is what a mature faith I- is doing. It's it's ready to lay down where we, we want to be ready to lay down our lives rather than fall away. So so to see that our faith is always assaulted and to know how the Lord uh, protects us and keeps us in the faith, that was kind of the idea. And it worked out. That um, the the sort of organizing structure for the book, which came late, that's supposed to be at the beginning. By the way, don't tell, <laughs> don't tell my editors that it kind kind of came along late. But I was like, how am I going to fit all this stuff together? Because I had all these like little chapters and stuff. Well, the what what occurred to me, or what you just kind of shaped up, was why don't we organize this around the parable of the sower? It's really Jesus is asking that question: how how do some stay in the faith and some? Uh, are, leave the faith. They lose their faith. And, and Jesus says some seed is snatched up by the birds and some seed 
is is burnt by the sun and some seed is choked by the weeds and some seed grows and so I, I took those major assaults on the faith the devil the world and suffering the flesh and pleasure and and sort of outlined how these attack our faith and what the Lord would what the Lord would have us do and more importantly what the Lord does to protect us and then put in the stories of the martyrs as kind of examples of those the heroes that that have gone before us and kept the faith even to the end. Mm -hmm, absolutely. I think it's really cool that, that you wanted your daughter to have something like this, um, especially going off to college and uh, experiencing that, that whole different um, uh, assortment of, uh, of societal things and cultural things that you may not get when you're, uh, I don't know, at home uh, to go into grade school and high school. It's, it's a very different world uh, when you get off on your own going to college. Um, what... What can we learn from martyrs? You, you touched on them a little bit, um, and I've heard you talk about this before. But but what can we what can we learn from martyrs? Well, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot there. One is you know so as as maybe a way to ease into it, and then you push me in whatever direction you want me to go. But but Carrie, always, I, I, as I <laughs> study the martyrs, which I love to I love to study the martyrs and and think about these stories. Number one because they're encouraging, and number two because. Just as a as a as a teacher, as a preacher, as a radio host, when you start telling stories about the martyrs, you have everybody's attention. <laughs> I mean, it's True. it's kind of a cheating way to do it. I mean, you start telling about <laughs> like Romanus getting his beard torn out, or 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 Agatha, thirteen years old, dancing to the stake, and I mean, pay, people, you have people's attention, which which is great. But Carrie always says, "Why do you, Brian? Why do you have to tell all these stories at dinner time?" <laughs> You're just grossing us out, but but it, and and so that's maybe a, a way of reminder. I wrote a sort of a follow up kind of booklet companion to this book that I'm I'm working through now. It's it's Luther's theology of the martyrs, and I had a couple of people edit it for me, and they said this is really tough. It's really difficult, and and I realized that I so I'm thinking about the martyrs all the time, but that is. Uh, weird. <laughs> Most people are not. Most people are not thinking about the martyrs. Most people are not thinking about death. Most people are not thinking about laying down their life for the name of Jesus. It seems so far away to most people. But but the martyrs, Luther calls the martyrs this. This is great. He calls them the true martyrdom is the true pattern of the Christian life. In other words, martyrdom is what the Christian expects and when we're not martyred, when we, when the Lord lets us live a full life and avoid persecution and avoid being put to death, that is something unique and something unexpected and special. Now, how about that? The martyrs are the normal pattern of the Christian life. And that, I think that's true in the scriptures. When Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me, or he gives a promise like those who kill you will think that they're doing a service to God, or in the books in in the letter that he writes, for example, in in Revelation, where he says, the one who endures to the end will be saved. The, the, this is the, it's almost the expectation of martyrdom. And so we need to, I think in some ways, we need to reshape what the Christian life looks like in our mind. It certainly is not this, your best life now business. The Christian life looks a lot more like martyrdom. And if the Lord gives us relief from that for a time, we give thanks for it. But we want to be ready. We want to be ready for that so that we think that, like Peter says it, when he writes his epistle, he says, don't think that the suffering that's coming upon you is something strange. The suffering that we suffer for the sake of Christ is not a strange thing. It's a normal thing. 
And when we shape our expectations to be ready for the suffering, it gives us freedom, it gives us boldness, it gives us life, it gives us joy and confidence. It, it makes us impervious to the devil's attack because what is he going to do? The devil comes along to threaten us with the fear of death. That's his... That's the devil's enslavement. Hey, you ought to be afraid to die. And when we say, hey, devil, I'm not afraid to die. That's why I'm baptized. I'm, I'm baptized into the death of Jesus. I've already died with Christ. What, you know, to live as Christ, to die is gain. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm ready to see the face of Jesus. I, the, I, you give, Jesus, my life is hidden with God in Christ. I, I've put on Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. All these scriptures are there. Now what can the devil do? I mean, he, he, you take away the threat of death. So it's great. Amen. In fact, I think Carrie says all this talk about martyrs is setting you up to be martyred, which might maybe. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll be martyred. I don't know. But I think the best way to not be martyred is to be ready for it. Because if you're like, hey, all right, I'll be martyred, the devil's like, that'll be no fun. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we have about a minute and a half. Um, this is like behind the scenes exclusive. Take us into the study of Pastor Wolf Miller while you're writing and working on this, doing this research. <laughs> um, first of all, in one of the chapters, you talk about talk back to the book, like don't read passively, but read engaged. Do you yell at yes. things? At, do you yell at books when you're reading them? <laughs> I'm just curious. Please say a, yes. cu a, a couple of times I've thrown books against uh -huh. the wall. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> oh, man. Right. That so what? Really bad ones. What sources? <laughs> All right, just about a minute left. What sources do you go to to did you go to to research these martyrs and compile their stories in this book? Yeah, there's a couple. The, uh, the most famous is Fox's Book of Martyrs, which is really nice. Uh, I I pulled up some of the church fathers also. So like the martyrdom of um, of Agatha and also of Polycarp is to, is given to us by Jerome and uh, and I really lean on uh, Henry of Zupthen. And that martyrdom story is told by Luther himself. So I'm, I'm kind of digging all over for these things uh, and pulling them up here and there. In 30 seconds or less. Uh, <laughs> I answered the question too you, fast. No, no, no. That's <laughs> spot on, man. Okay, well, I was going to ask another question, but that's going to take another half an hour. So. It's true. <laughs> Uh, we can find the book. Uh, where can we find uh, Martyr's Faith in a Faithless uh, World? CPH has it now. I think it ships tomorrow. Oh, um, Amazon has it available, and people have been sending me notes about when it's going to arrive from Amazon. Anywhere that buys books, you should be able to find it. Martyr's Faith for a Faithless World. Martyr's Faith in a Faithless World. Uh, Pastor Brian Wolf Miller, St. Paul Lutheran Church, Austin, Texas. Jesus, Deaf Lutheran Church. Thanks so much for joining us in the coffee hour this morning. Hey, my pleasure. That does it for the coffee hour today. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Oh,